Welcome to the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute. The streets of Union City to your nighttime radio. Steve Travelis keeps you in the Jersey, no. From 7 till 11, live, local, and live. Steve Travelis on New Jersey 101.5. Weekday night, Steve's live, local, and live. Call him at 1-800-283-101.5. Here we are, Thursday night in New Jersey. How quickly it came this time. Steve Trevelace, you and me, till 11 o'clock. At 9 o'clock, the Smithereens will be in studio. They've got copies of the new album, actually the old album, the lost album. We'll be giving them away on Jersey's opening lines, along with Sesame Street passes. I uh, hope you enjoyed the uh, town hall, or uh, the uh, the contentious town hall. There was a little, there was a little spark in that town hall. Almost like Town Hall Smackdown. Eric Scott is here. Uh, so, after listening to it, uh, what are your thoughts? You're like the moderator. You're like the referee for this. <laughs> um, look, I think all of our panelists were very well informed, very passionate, excellent um, representations of, of their individual viewpoints. Uh, I think, you know, if there was one takeaway from this hour... Regardless of how you feel about any aspects of the curriculum or what's being taught, parents are empowered to be able to figure out specifically what those lessons, lesson plans are. You go to your Board of Education website. They are required to post a link. You can see grade by grade what is being taught. You can download it. You can ask questions to the teacher who's actually going to teach that lesson plan. You can ask questions to the principal. So before you decide whether to opt in or opt out your your kids, be clear on what is being taught. Um, you know, you had this the, these extreme instances very early on in this debate that were being promoted saying, you know, the kids were being taught very graphic lessons, um, you know, about varying types of sex and things like that. That is not the case. I don't know of a single district. We've looked at, I, I don't know a single district that is teaching any of that stuff. Um, and, you know, it, it's, a, it's, in, it's empowerment. It's to take control of your child's education, look at it. And if you decide you don't want that taught to your child, you have every right to say, uh, my kid's not going to school today. But do you have to explain to the principal? You have to write a letter to you the principal? You do have to write a formal letter. Well, why yep. should you have to do that? Yeah, uh, it's, that well, should be the, par the parent's choice. Yeah, and you could no, certainly argue that. Enough. I, you know, again, it's a, whether that's right or wrong, that is the rule. You do have to write a note. Um, most absences have to be excused. If your child is homesick, nine times out of ten, they need a doctor's note. Or they need a note from home. This is a note from home. It's just saying, you know, we object to X on Y grounds. Could be religious, could be social beliefs, could be whatever. But, you know, you are required to do that. If you don't and you just hold your kid out, um, then you run the risk of that being considered an unexcused absence. If there are too many unexcused absences, it could impact your ability to advance to the next grade or potentially even graduate. Um, you know, that is the rule. Right. Um, so know the rule. You can disagree with the rule. 
but know the rule. That's the rule. You you, you can call. Well, that your makes a lot of sense. And know exactly what you're opting in or opting out of. You know, go online right. like you said. See what it's all about, and not just what you're hearing from uh, both sides. But the other thing, the thing like I said, the I had a problem with is that. If I'm, you have to write to the principal and explain. Does the principal get to decide whether or not your reason is good, or do they have to accept whatever you're giving? That, them? Yeah, that's an excellent point, Steve. I do not believe that that is the case. Um, I did reach out to the Department of Education for that very specific clarification, and I have not gotten a response. But of the administrators that we've spoken to. They do not believe that that is the case, that the principal can't decide, well, your reason's not good enough. And if they disagree with you philosophically yeah, or religiously. They very well might. Yeah. And, and, you know, look, that could potentially happen. But it is actually codified in New Jersey law specifically regarding health class specifically that you have the right to opt your kid out of that. You can't, for example, opt your kid out of gym or out of math or out of, you know, history. That's part of mandatory curriculum. Health class is part of mandatory curriculum, but there is an exemption that is granted to New Jersey families to remove kids from that class. Once they added this to the health curriculum. That was existed even before this curricula came in. Okay. Um, because there were things being taught in health class and there were some conscientious uh, objections. Um, it could have stemmed from, you know, certain faiths that don't believe in medications, that don't believe in, you know, so, so there, there were a whole variety of reasons not even necessarily connected to the sex ed curricula that allowed parents to opt kids out of health classes. How long do you think it's going to take? Before, because everything, you know, before this all smooths over and becomes the norm. What? This curriculum? I mean, the idea that the curriculum is going to come out, uh, there's going to be a lot of objection, there's going to be a lot of back and forth, but then eventually, like every other law in New Jersey, yeah. we're going to have to go along with it. Yeah, eventually it's going to be, you know, it's, it, it's a little different in terms of when you're talking about an education curriculum. And I, and I think if nothing else, this debate has raised awareness of the power that parents have over what goes on in their schools. How many people vote in their school board elections? How many people have gone on and looked at any curricula online? How many parents go to a school board meeting? How many parents do that? So that, if you can take in what was maybe an unintended consequence, but one that is maybe a positive um, consequence from this whole debate is parents are learning what their rights are. So they're learning, oh, okay, I can look at this curricula. I have the right to go to a school board meeting. I can make my voice heard. I Here's how I object. So will this eventually become the norm? Well, it is the norm now because that is what the guidelines to the curricula are. But parents now in greater numbers are aware of the governmental process surrounding the school system in their town and have been empowered to become part of that process where that wasn't the case prior to this happening. Well, that, you know, that is huge that now they're understanding the process, they're becoming part of the process, but can they make a difference in the process 
Or is the school going to do whatever they want to do, regardless of what the parents think? How much of a say would the parents have in the process? Well, I mean, it's the same as the regular government process. You don't like what the legislature is doing, you vote for a change in the legislature. You don't like what your school board is doing, you vote out your school board members. You know, the school board members are elected. But this is the state. You can't vote everybody out. You can If you vote out one school board, you still got the state mandate. Well, you're, you're not going to change the state mandate unless you change the legislature. You know, it's that that is the frust- It's frustrating. But that is the way the government is set up. And the point was made during the town hall that we are a state that believes very strongly, codified in our state constitution, in home rule. It's why you have more than 500 individual school districts. Each one of those districts has a level of school government. And that level of school government is where you affect the change for your district. You were talking about affecting change for the entire state. That's a whole other issue. But in terms of the community that you live in, in terms of the input that you have in the process, the power you have in local elections, look, turnout in local elections, very low. School board, you know, school elections in particular, very low because they're not in the November cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So you already have that working against you. Most people probably didn't even know when the elections were happening. Now they do. Now they have the power to be involved. So the point of the town hall tonight, the point of this whole thing was be empowered as a parent or guardian to understand what's happening. Go, look, see for yourself, and then make that informed decision. And you know, if, if you want to become involved in the process, look, that's the way to get government to be more responsive to you. Be involved. Be a voice. Be vocal. Whatever your position is. I've said for years, decades really, that nothing will change until our elected officials develop a healthy fear of the voter. That's our involved and vocal Eric Scott. Another great job as always, my friend. I'm not going to say go Bills. Go Giants. Uh, we'll be right back. We got Ann, we got Taz, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Here's New Jersey 101.5, Fast Traffic. New Jersey Lottery, luck is in the air. Thanks to New Jersey Lottery's family of lucky seven scratch-offs, there's a doubler, tripler, even five times multiplier. And for over $157 million in prizes, try your luck with the lucky sevens, because anything can happen in Jersey. We may even pass uh, new sex laws, which we did, and now they're mandatory. Whether you like them or not, we're stuck with them. We just did a town hall on New Jersey 101.5, discussing that very subject. Where are you on this? Taz is in Heightstown on New Jersey 101.5. Taz, thanks for waiting. Yeah, no, thank you for having my call. Um, So I am a training manager at ANSWER, which is a national nonprofit housed within Rutgers University. And we aim to provide and promote comprehensive sex education. And so part of my job this year is I have been going around providing presentations to school districts and training teachers across the state as an expert in the field on the updates to the standards. So there were a couple things that were talked about the last hour that I just wanted to address. And one of the things was you all are talking about the opt-out procedure. It is not as difficult as some have tried to make it sound. And all districts do do it differently. So it's not necessarily always a letter that has to be written to the principal. That's what they're saying. School districts. Most of the school districts I'm working with actually created a form that was sent out to all parents and caregivers before sex education was going to happen. And then they just needed to check off which pieces they didn't want their child to be involved in. Um, and there is absolutely no room for debate. So if someone opts out, they don't even have to give a reason if their child is automatically opted out. You know that. Yes, it's in the, the legislature. There is no room. There is no reason that needs to be given. 
Um, right. If somebody did try to do that, that was that's probably uh, you know grounds for a lawsuit. What I'm looking at is uh, parents who do not want their child to take part must write a letter to their school principal explaining why. So if you have to explain why, that means you're given a reason, right? Otherwise, you know, a letter would be, I don't want, you know, I'm opting out, that's it. But when you have to explain why, that to me opens up, you know, do, do they have to approve the reason? Right. As I mentioned, none of the school districts that I have worked with, which has been many of them across the state, um, none of them are requesting a reason. All you okay. have to do is let let them know which ones you wanted to opt out of. All right. Because Eric said he tried to find out and he and they didn't tell him. And when uh, other media people called the Department of Education trying to get information, they're not giving anything out. But if you, you know, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, and I, I'm sure a lot of districts likely have it available on their website as well that, that folks can look at. And uh, they have most, a lot of them have sent out that form already to right. parents. All right. But I do want to address some, some other things. Yeah. Um, one thing that was talked about a lot tonight was the oral, anal, and vaginal sex in the sixth through eighth grade band. Right. And I think what a lot of people are not realizing is that. This was actually in the earlier version of the standards. So even though the, the standard that states that they have to define oral, anal, and vaginal sex is a new standard, it isn't new for the sixth through eighth grade bands because the teachers always had to educate about which behaviors are high risk, low risk for in contracting sexually transmitted infections. And so obviously if you're talking about the behaviors where you can contract STIs, you have to talk about oral, anal, and vaginal sex because that is the main way that... So you're saying they were always doing that before this new law. Okay. Um, The other thing that I want to talk about is there were... um, There's a lot of talk about research. I wanted to let folks know that Uh, There are two studies that I want folks to look at if they're interested in getting some of this research on why it's important to provide comprehensive sex education in our schools. One of them is Three Decades of Research, The Case for Comprehensive Sex Education, and that's by Drs. Goldfarb and Lieberman right out of Montclair State University. And so they took literally 30 years of research and they put it all together and show all of the benefits of providing comprehensive sex education throughout the K through 12 span in our schools. And the other one is called child abuse prevention. What offenders tell us. So that is one of the studies that discusses why it's important to start young and to educate young people about the names of their body parts and um, safe and unsafe touch and talk about what is abuse. And in that study, they they interviewed about a, almost 100 sex offenders, and the sex offenders shared that these young people need to be educated about this information because the more naive a young person was, the easier it was to groom that child, and they used it to their advantage by teaching the child whatever way was going to benefit them so that they were able to abuse them. All right, Taz, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Ann is in Marlboro in New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Ann. Hi, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. So, Steve, what I want to what I want to say is, um, I'm I'm a gay mom, and I'm against this curriculum. Why? So, because once you take away the innocence from children, that's it. You can't take it back ever. And I don't agree with teaching kids the kinds of things that that curriculum entails. I just don't. So, I'm okay with, with the equality and all that. That's fine. We don't need to be teaching our young kids 
that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. That's something that should be taught in the home, so not in the schools. At what age would you start teaching your children about this stuff? I would think the appropriate age is when they reach high school. So you want to not teach them any sex ed, not tell them about the facts of life until they get to high school. You don't think that could be too late? Not in, not in school. Right, the, the only thing is, is that everybody else knows. You know, one of the problems here with what you're saying, and is that, you know, if all the other kids know and then your child doesn't, that puts your child at a disadvantage. It also could put them in a, you know, where they can make fun of them. I mean, it puts them in a bad situation. It's kind of like they have to know because everybody else knows. I get what you're saying, but I just don't agree with that that particular curriculum. I just... So then, right, but if you don't agree with that curriculum, so you would opt them out of the, of the sex ed, right? Absolutely. Okay, but knowing that they're being taught, you know, knowing that they're being taught at a young age... Would that, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, push you into teaching your children at home at a younger age just so that they could remain competitive with what's being taught in school and not be shut out? Absolutely. I would teach them at home my way. All right, and thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. All right, your thoughts. The new sex ed curriculum being rolled out in New Jersey schools. How do you feel about it? Uh, who should be teaching your kids about sex? 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelis. It's 830. By the New Jersey Department of Human Services, whether you're a grandfather, an all-star athlete, or a mom-to-be, anyone can develop an addiction. Anyone can make the call to 844-REACH-NJ. If you or someone you love is struggling with addiction, call 844-REACH-NJ. Steve Trevelis. Okay, so we've got new sex ed standards in uh, New Jersey schools. Districts that don't teach them will be disciplined. You want out, you got to write to the principal. Tell them why. 1-800-283-101.5. Jimmy's in Edison on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm pretty good, pretty good. I was just listening to the previous woman who was on that uh, call that last hour, and she was talking about inclusivity in the school system. Right. I think that's a load of nonsense. You know, they want to teach every other nationality's history, Hispanic history, uh, African-American history. They've done nothing but try to erase Italian-American history in this state. Well, you know, October is Italian-American History Month. You wouldn't know that if I didn't tell you, but it, it, it is. It, it, I'm telling you, October, now September 15th through October 15th is uh, Hispanic History Month, but I'm, I'm a proponent of this. I've written blogs about it. October is Italian American History Month. Because when they want to take away Columbus Day, I'm saying, you know what? If you're going to do that with all the great work that the Italian people have done in this country, uh, for this country, there should be an Italian-American History Month, and there is. So, you know, now, what they're teaching in schools, I don't know, uh, but it definitely should be taught, absolutely. Well, they're just lumping them into a whole monolith of saying, well, they're all white. Well, I don't know. I mean, that I can't tell you. You know, like, I, I don't think it goes like that, but I think that, you know, you look at the the contribution that the Italian people have made to this country, Italian-Americans. I saw something very interesting. I was watching um, one of those PBS channels, and they were talking about, 
it was in Philadelphia, I think, but it was talking about like the changing of the neighborhoods. And what they had said was, and I've seen this where I grew up. I grew up in Union City. And I watched the Italian neighborhood that I grew up in become a Hispanic neighborhood. Because the Italian people, they, they moved in, right? They took over. Yeah, they moved into the neighborhood when, when they had nothing. And they worked their way out of the neighborhood and moved to the suburbs. And then uh, the, they, what they had said in this PBS special was that, you know, we, uh, we moved in here when the Italian people moved out. And it never dawned on me that that was actually happening. I actually watched it happen. But that's kind of like, you know, what happens in assimilation. And then who comes, you know, who leaves the neighborhood to move out? But the difference is, like, as opposed to the 70s and 80s when everybody wanted to move from the city to the suburbs, now we see more people wanted to move from the suburbs back to the city. Not New York City because it's a sewer, but anywhere. But you know what I'm saying? There's a drive to go back to the city. So, I mean, as far as, you know, if we're up to me, we should, you know, we're a melting pot, Jimmy. That's an expression that probably came before your time. But before we became divided, we were united. And we're a melting pot. And we all learned to get along with each other. And we can't do anything until we do. And hopefully they'll teach that in schools. I think they are. Kristen is in Edison on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Kristen. Hello. How are you? I'm good. You? Good. Good. Yes. um, I had a comment. The Republican senators had a... a a webinar, and they discussed this topic, and they had someone on who looked at that Goldfarb and Lieberman study that was referred to by the previous caller, right. and that's what's being used to justify comprehensive sex ed at an early age. But when you analyze it in depth, it shows that it didn't have valid studies. It wasn't statistically significant behind it. And then, um, to make matters worse, they have a vested interest in getting it approved because they make money from all the books. They wrote the books. Mm-hmm. So they're financially going to benefit Great from Great point. It. Yeah. And, you know, another Christian thing was saying this is like grooming because you can start too early for these things. You break down the kids. It's sort of like the other caller said, when you're really young, you don't need to get into all these things as a young. The parents, if they so do. The decide, parents need to decide when exactly. is the right time. Uh, that, yeah. Totally the government shouldn't be raising your children. You should be raising your children. The problem uh-huh. is the government, now that the government is raising your children, your children, if they don't learn it when the other kids are learning, are going to, uh, they're going to be lacking an edge. You know what I mean? They're going to go to school and everyone's going to be talking about something that they know nothing about and they could get laughed at for that. They could get made fun of for that. Well, it doesn't. If it wasn't in the curriculum before, I mean, the things in. No, I understand what you're saying, but do you understand what I'm? I'm, what I'm I, I don't disagree with you. What I'm saying is, I'm talking about as it is right now. Right, you opt out your child, so now they don't know. Getting rid of it. I'm saying go back to the way it was with this. But they're not going to do that. I mean that you know the it is what it is. We have to accept what it is. We're stuck with this, whether we want it or not. It's going to be here. You know. Well, we're stuck now. But why can't there be changes in the future? This is not then, the right thing for young children. I, 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 then what we have to do is vote out the people who made I this agree. decision. Every last one of them. 
not one school board, the entire legislature go vote. Well, you know, the, yeah, because the school boards can't even really go against it. No. These things have been made law. They're stuck with it. Right. They have to do what they're told. But, you know, we have to. Away the parental rights for the whole trans thing. There's a lot of laws that are terrible, horrible, well, and need to be changed. Well, that's why whatever, you know, what Eric said made a lot of sense. You know, okay, now, if anything, people are now waking up to get involved. Things that, you know, maybe our parents took for granted. Ah, school knows what they're doing. Oh, wait a minute. Now that we're parents, maybe school doesn't know what they're doing. Maybe we need to take a closer look at this. And a closer look at who's making these decisions. Yeah. Yeah. They decided with no parental input in the height of the... They don't need parental input, Kristen. They know what's best. We don't know anything. We're stupid. The government knows what's best. All we have to do is... Exactly. And we have to just go along and blindly lead and let them, you know, divide and conquer. Because as long as they keep us separated, as long as they keep us divided, everything's going to be all right for them. Kristen, win up to $30,000 on the Jersey 101.5. Listen, weekdays, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. for the Jersey Cash Code. Enter it on our free app. Every hour on the hour, there's a new cash code and a new chance to win $30,000. Info and rules are on nj1015.com. The $30,000 Jersey Cash Code contest on New Jersey 101.5. Steve Trevelis. All right, the smithereens are coming in here after 9 o'clock. Dennis Dyke and Jim Babjack uh, talking about the Lost Album. We got Lost Albums that you can win on Jersey's opening lines, which they will be hanging for. But for now, we're talking about the town hall that you heard last hour uh, with Eric Scott and uh, the Band of Renown talking about the new laws in New Jersey, the new sex education laws in New Jersey. And school districts don't teach them are going to be disciplined. And if you want to opt your child out, according to what they're saying, you have to write to the principal explaining why. Uh, your thoughts. Anne is in Mercer County on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Ann. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm a teacher in a middle school in New Jersey. Okay. And just, so I don't think the parents are fully aware of what's happening in certain schools. I'm not claiming this is happening in all schools. In the school where I am, there's a bit of an overkill. Um, one particular teacher kind of has an obsession with the whole LGBTQIA plus transgender movement right so here are some responses from students this was from a math prompt one thing you should know about me is dot 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 and the student said i am pans aromantic well not completely aromantic i can't express attraction not have no attraction for some reason pans aromantic feels contradictory how old is the kid these are uh sixth and seventh graders sixth and seventh graders are not feeling romantic and that's a surprise. And, yes. And okay. then there was an event in support of LGBTQIA+. The students wrote, why they're joining. Right. One seventh grader wrote, I am pansexual, demi boy. I am still he, him, but I'm fine with they, them, too. Another student wrote, I want to participate because I have a lot of queer friends and I'm non-binary myself. Another How do they know what they are? They're so young. I mean... This is the thing, because they're watching a lot of social media, right. where a lot of this is being, the messaging is being pushed. It's kind of a social contagion, and in middle school, a lot of adolescents, they have a lot of insecurity, especially girls. Well, they want to fit in. Exactly. They're looking for an identity. They're looking for something where people give them pats on the back, and they're confused. The messaging is very, very confusing to them. 
Well, and, and you know what? Because the of it. can they even take a can the state even take a direct stand without offending somebody? So yeah, they kind of got to get blurry about it. There are people, there are children who uh, identify or who you know who, who may be gay. But there are a lot who are, who aren't and don't know, and it, it's creating a lot of confusion when you paint it with a broad stroke like that. Absolutely. Exactly. And, and we're not allowed legally. I cannot tell a parent. I don't like the idea that I'm, kids are living double lives and their parents are not aware, and it's illegal for me to bridge the gap. to. Oh, the, I don't understand that. The parent and the child. Why would you not be, I mean, I don't understand why all of a sudden, you know, you won't, you're not going to tell the parent about a child. Uh, the parent, if anybody needs to know about the child and can do something about the child and is paying for the child, it's the parent. Yeah. Why would you keep that from the parent? I think their concern is for kids who come from families where maybe there is completely lack of acceptance and maybe abusive behavior. I don't really know. But as a well, then you deal with that. The parent, the parent, exactly. The parent is the most important. Exa- absolutely. Life. As a and parent, I would want to know. I would, you know, furious I would be to find out that the school was holding this back from me. And that's what's happening because legally, I, I makes it. A lot of teachers feel very uncomfortable because, in essence, we're being asked to lie to parents. And you're being put in a bad position because your job exactly. is to establish trust with the parent, right? Parent-teacher exactly. conferences, relationships. My wife is on email with my kids' teachers all the time. Do they do? Are they doing their homework? What are they learning? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it's, it's about a bond. It's about a trust. And if you take away that trust between the parent-teacher relationship, you're not going to have anything. Nothing. And this teacher had sixth-grade kids reading a book to elementary students. And in the book, it was saying that when you're born, doctors only take a guess at your gender. They don't really know. And it's really well, somebody got to bring that book to the school board. And, uh, you know, if that's what they're saying, get them to take it out. Annie, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. I want to know to 283-101.5. Jersey's opening lines coming up at 10. We've got uh, four passes to Sesame Place in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. We got the Smithereens new CD, The Lost Album. It's actually a new CD. It's an old CD, which just became a new CD because they unearthed it. And they're going to be in the studio. Tell us all about it in uh, right after 9 o'clock. Wherever the road takes That's all right. We'll get you through the night. It's New Jersey 101.5. Steve Trevelis. Number to get through is 1-800-283-101.5. Thursday night, we've got Jersey's opening lines coming up at uh, 10 o'clock. Uh, we give you the opening line of a song we play every weekend on New Jersey 101.5 when the music comes out to play. If you get it right, we're going to hook you up big time. We're going to hook you up with four passes to Sesame Place in Langhorne, Pennsylvania for the Halloween Spooktacular, which is going on now. And we have the Smithereens. We have the Smithereens here in the studio. I thought you guys weren't coming in for a minute there. I'm like, where the hell are they? <laughs> Jim Babjack, you got to go on that mic, Jim. And uh, Dennis Dyken, I got that mic. I go on that mic and that mic. Right. Sound good? 
<laughs> there we go. All right. That sounds good. Hey, listen to that voice. Listen to that voice. We've got the Smithereens Lost Album. Some guys, they clean out the attic and they find old stuff, you know, memorabilia. You guys find the Lost Album. That is fantastic. And it's an incredible album to boot. Thank you. So uh, now, now tell us the story, uh, how the Lost Album came to be. In 1993, many years ago, <laughs> seems like yesterday. We're getting fuzzy now. We were between record deals, right? As happens occasionally to musicians, right. professional musicians, and uh, we had amassed a, a backlog of songs. And even though we didn't have a deal, we said, "Let's go in, let's record two albums worth of stuff," and we self-produced it. And it was in New York City, so uh, the the previous three albums were recorded in L.A. It was good to be back uh, in New York where we recorded our first EPs and our first album at the record plant back then. So we decided to go to a place called Crystal Sound on West 19th Street. We slept on our in our own beds and drove to work to the office every day. How did that feel? Yeah. Well, it felt good, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, to be back home, and we were always getting food delivered from Little Italy, and uh, so good to be home. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we we just uh, kept our nose to the grindstone, and we recorded all this material. After we finished it, uh, we in short order we got signed to RCA. So half of the songs that we cut at Crystal uh, were tunes that we ended up re-recording for a date with the Smithereens. That was the next album. Yeah, before. So we just said, all right, well, we got the deal. Here's our new record. And we just released we released that in 94, and we just kept going forward. Meanwhile, we had this other stash of tunes from that session that were just kind of lying around. And we just didn't forget about them, but we didn't think about them too much uh, until recently when we started going through our, our archives and uh, we're planning a whole bunch of archival releases and this one just seems to be seemed to be the one that was good to go, the most ready batch of songs that held together as an LP. And they were mixed, and we sequenced it, got some artwork together, and put it out. And Jim Babjack, you writing with Pat Denizio on that album, they said you took, your writing went up a notch, that you guys were really incredible together. What was it like working on that album? Yeah, we were just all getting into our stride there, and, and Dennis and Mike also were uh, part of the writing on some of that stuff. Um, yeah, it was, you know, it's, it was easy to work with Pat, you know, because I would just give him a, a song, uh, the melody, and some partial lyrics, and he would fill in the blanks, and then there you go. What was the process like? Like you said, you know, when you guys are all together writing, is there a lot of spitballing going on, a lot of uh, a lot of rhyming, or is it a lot of like, you know, okay, you're going to take this one, I'm going to take that one? No, it's like a workshop. We work out everything musically, and then lyrics usually on our own. It's not like we sit around looking at each other going, hey, what's the next line? <laughs> it uh, doesn't always come that easily. What's the easiest song that ever came to you? Oh, jeez. Uh, um, I think Now and Then, a song that was on our blow-up record. Right. I wrote it in um, in one one night, 
Although I, I shouldn't say that because I came up with the hook and everything before that, but I just needed to finish the lyrics up the night before <laughs> we went into the studio. So just wrote the whole thing that night. That's when you really feel the pressure, right? When you when you, when you have to do it, then wait you till can't the last minute. Damn thing! And when you're in the shower, an album comes into your head, right? Yeah, it's easy now because of the uh, smartphones. Because uh, I could just hum a melody in there or or um, or whatever and put it record it. You know, I had no way of recording things back then. I talked to John Lodge, and he said the exact same thing. Yeah. With the Moody Blues, he was talking about how, you know, because I asked him, you know, what was the difference between the 60s and the 80s? And he said, you know, in the 60s, we had to remember it. Okay? Right. Had to keep thinking about it, repeating it, repeating it. In the 80s, well, you could just record it. It was right there, and it would be there for you. Yeah. The, uh, you know, so the Lost Album comes out. It's going to be released tomorrow. And uh, the single is called uh, Out of This World. Mm -hmm. How did you decide on the single? Uh, I think it had because of the um, the guitar riff in it. It's it's really people will recognize it as a Smithereens song as soon as you put it on. You that's know, that's it's recognizable. It pretty much jumps right out at you. You know, it was it, it, it was an easy choice. It just sounded like a single. You know, what did it feel like, Dennis, when you went back and heard these songs again after all these years? Now you you find the cassette in like uh, like Mike says in the shoebox. Yeah. You play it. And uh, what's going through your head? Well, fond memories, a lot of fond memories. We were, like I said, we were together every day in the studio. And, you know, the Smithereens are uh, blood brothers. You know, Jimmy and I have been playing together since 1971. We've known Mike since grammar school. And we met Pat in the late 70s. That's a long time, you know. Yeah. Even at that point in 93 that we had known each other and played together. And so listening to this just, uh, well, first of all, I thought that it still sounded fresh. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it held up well. But I think you, you probably have heard this from other artists. When you ask them about a particular batch of songs or an album, what do, what do you think of when you hear this? They, they usually associate the memories of the making of the record and what they were going through and what that experience was like. And that's what popped in, into my into my mind, just uh, being together in the studio every day and uh, being in New York, being close to home and having fun. We really had fun making this record, uh, as we usually do. But uh, that's, that's what I think about. I just think... Think of the good times, as Jay and the Americans would say. <laughs> <laughs> I was digging a little deep there. You're going kind of me on me, huh? So, so like, the, you want the, me to, I'll try. Good, you want to try? No, good, yeah, try. After my next call. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> he is so funny in concert. Mm. Uh, he passed away last year, but what an amazing voice. It was the one thing that never left him. He yeah. said, I can do that. I don't know why I can do this, but I can do this. Yeah. Uh, when you go back and you're listening, you know, times have changed, people change. But when you go back and you listen to that music, like, Jim, do you go back to 1993 mentally? Or do you still have that same fire or the same feeling? And you too, Dennis. Do you still feel the way you did in 93, even though, like, a lot of time has gone by? Oh, yeah. And especially when we play a concert now, I feel like I'm 17 years old again because that's – it's our passion. And when I'm playing with Dennis, I – I follow him. He's like the the pitch the catcher on a baseball team, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so um, yeah, it, 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 it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful feeling that um, you get from the audience too, you know. 
So it's it's a it's it, and it's therapy for me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I I went to the Carteret uh, Performing Arts Center when mm. you guys opened it. All right, and uh, it was it was amazing. But I mean, you, everybody, you know, Robin was there, and Marshall Crenshaw was there, and everybody did their thing. But when you guys got on stage and the lights went down and you did Sparks. You could just see, you could see high school Dennis and high school Jimmy and, uh, and Mike just come out. And, you know, that, that was like, that was like, you know, what did that, did that feel like for you? Was that yeah. kind of like, all right, give me this thing. Well, you, you hit it. It was like us being, uh, teenagers because that's the material we used to rehearse in Jimmy's garage on Coolidge Avenue in Carter. That's what it felt like. Yeah. That's exactly what it felt like. And, um, you know, we still we still love that stuff, and we we're lucky that we still have a spark or the same kind of spark that we had when we were kids and and uh, discovering all this great music for the first time that influenced us. And we're lucky that we are able to keep that alive in our adult lives. Yes, you know, and and also uh, the fact that that was in Carteret, our hometown, and that performing arts center is actually. On the actual location of a, a what was a block of stores, there was a barber shop, there was a bakery across the street, but on that very block there was also a place called Little Kleins. It was a, a candy store and stationery, and we used to ride our bikes there all the time to buy comic books and Mad Magazine, and so that's where it all began. And yeah. so it was on that very footprint, and there was a movie theater there too. And uh, a few other businesses. So that it was just like being again. It added to the spirit that uh, that childlike spirit for us. You know, we got the Smithereens live in studio. One eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. If you want to call in, we'll take a quick break. Here's New Jersey one zero one point five fast traffic. Eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Steve Trevelyse. The Smithereens in the studio. Dennis Dyken, Jim Babjack, the lost album on Earth from 1993. You guys are in between uh, record deals, and uh, Kurt Cobain called you a major influence. Hmm. And Capital lets you go. <laughs> what the? Come on. <laughs> well, these executives know better, I suppose. <laughs> yes, uh, that, that worked out well for them. You never lost when you hear this, and even you—you know, you never lost your your flair for the for the quick hook, three minute, sixties esque kind of music, and it stays with you. What about that? What's about that music that is so you know so appealing to you? Well, you just hit on one of the words—the hook. You know, I mean, uh, the, uh, that's why a lot of the music uh, that was written uh, I guess you would say in most a lot of the 60s music had good hooks and that's why it lasts because it's imbued with something that makes you want to go back and listen to it uh, there's a lot of humanity in it there's a, a lot of um, feeling some, sometimes a good feeling sometimes a sad feeling uh, it, makes, it can hit you on a lot of different levels but if there's something being expressed that's really from the heart and and it's married to a good melody, the good hook, it's just un undeniable. It sticks with you forever. And you'll never, you'll yeah, exactly. You'll never forget it. Mm. You and Pat together, Jim, writing. Were they two guys bringing two different elements to the song? Uh, was it like a Lennon McCartney deal, where like uh, you know, uh, two different personalities, or did you become one in the same, or were you like finishing each other's sentences? How did it work out? No, well, you know, we both had uh, similar influences, but uh, and yet different. 
because he was into Black Sabbath and, uh, you know, Buddy Holly. You know, all those things mixed together, it, it just became one one thing. You know, it, it's hard to explain, but it, it worked. And, and the same with Dennis and, and Mike, you know. We all bring something into it that I wouldn't be able to do by myself. Like if I put out a solo record, it wouldn't sound like that. You know, it has to be all of us. Now, you've got a couple, you got a solo record coming out for Christmas, right? And you guys are going to be December 3rd uh, coming back to the Carteret Performing Arts and Events Center, the second annual homecoming concert. You guys only go home once a year now. Yeah. Uh, the first week of December, right? You go back to Klein's and uh, <laughs> you've got... <laughs> trying to find the candy store. How much was the candy when you went, when you bought it there? Well, I think the earliest price I remember a candy bar being was a nickel, but I think it went up to a dime. What was it? By I don't the know. 70s. That's about $20. <laughs> yeah, I used to buy those uh, bubblegum cards, you know, like the Adams Family or, you, oh, know, yeah. you know, all, all that, whatever TV shows were on. <laughs> and the hardened gum. Yeah, <laughs> hardened gum. Yeah, yeah. That was good gum. Man. Yeah, absolutely. The, the monkeys, man, was that good. The monkeys cards came with banana-flavored gum. <laughs> <laughs> that made sense. It was pretty gross. <laughs> How were they not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, they should be. They really should be. Of course. You guys are in the New Jersey Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, right. And uh, now you're going to be issuing a Christmas single, It's Love on Christmas Day, which we had last year when you were here. Yeah, but the problem with that was it, it, I didn't get it until a week before Christmas, so we couldn't promote it. So we kind of put it on the back burner, and now um, it'll be coming out this year. And not only that, we're, we're reissuing our uh, Christmas album yes. on vinyl and CD because it was uh, out of print for a long time. And it's, it's a great album. You guys covered Meet the Beatles. You mm -hmm. put out a couple of Beatles singles. You guys absolutely love the Beatles. When you play the Beatles, is it different than when you play the other songs? Is there any kind of, um, I don't know, I would say more importance, but any kind of like emphasis on it? I don't think so. I mean, we certainly have such reverence for them. And maybe that seeps into our performance. It's quite but, a challenge to attempt it, though, and you did it so well. And, and, you know, Pat with Buddy Holly, oh, my God. Well, see, but this is the stuff that we learned to play from. You know, we learned to play our instruments and to sing from listening to Beatles records, really. So it's been in our blood for decades now, you know. So when, it, when we did Meet the Smithereens, we cut all the basic tracks in one session. You know, one, we did it sequentially, uh, matching Meet the Beatles, and we just cut all the instrumental tracks probably with, I don't know, 10 hours or less. Wow. We just went in, because I don't think we rehearsed either. We just went in, and it was like being a kid rushing down to your basement and playing with your records <laughs> after school, you know? You played them all your life. Yeah. You know them like the back of your hand. Let's listen to the new single. Let's listen to Out of This World by the Smithereens from the Lost Album. I'm 
From the Lost Album, Smithereens, Out of This World. I've got Dennis and Jim in studio. Will on the phone. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. By Fantasy Island Amusement Park. Fantasy Island Amusement Park in Beach Haven on beautiful LBI is still open for fall hours and info on events like their annual Touch a Truck with Fireworks and Halloween Fun Fest. Visit FantasyIslandLBI.com. Fantasy Island Amusement Park. The fun starts here. Dennis Dykin, Jim Babjack, touch a truck with fireworks? <laughs> you only got to touch it once, I imagine. Never heard of such a thing. <laughs> All right, so we were playing, uh, we played Out of This World, mm -hmm. and you were saying that was the end of Pat's young voice. Well, it was it was teetering on the, the end of the era that we referred to as Pat's young young voice. He still, not that it deteriorated, it just... Changed. It changed like uh, all of Everybody's our voices change over changed. time, you know? Frank Sinatra's voice changed, remember? Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's another uh, piece of the time capsule that this record is, you know? It, um, it really does uh, 
And it was such a different era when you think about the 90s in New York, you know? Oh, man. This was just down the street from Barney's. I think Mm -hmm. Barney's is gone now, isn't it? Right. And uh, just thinking back, uh, when did they do over Times Square? What year would that have been? Was that in the 2000s? Maybe the late late 90s? Yeah, I think it was still the old Times Square at that point. Just... The red light districts, <laughs> yeah. the fun, the time, the Times Square. The towers were still, you know, it was just a different, different era. And I, I, for me, when you And ask, music was changing at the time, yeah. too, because they were sliding out of the 80s into the 90s, like you're saying, Kurt Cobain, you know, the, the whole 80s, the, the fun was going out of music in kind of a way. <laughs> you guys were keeping the fun in music. Oh, at, at that time, let's. Uh, we got some calls here. Let's get. Will is in Texas on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Hey, Will, you're on with the Smithereens. Ah, uh, uh, the best live band ever. Ah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I traveled. Uh, originally saw them in the uh, early eighties, and uh, when I was stationed in San Antonio, Texas. And I've traveled. Met a girl uh, from New York City who was a big fan, and uh, have traveled up that way to see them several times and uh just just the best met them a few times they wouldn't remember me but you know it's just cool guys whenever uh, we you got remember will don't you <laughs> at yeah. the alamo right right <laughs> exactly in the basement <laughs> <laughs> but i had a quick question i appreciate you guys taking my call i was wondering uh if there is a story behind uh, i know it's hard to pick a favorite smithering song but my favorite is uh Girl in Room 12, and I was wondering if there's a story behind that. <laughs> they went to 11 other rooms before they figured that song I don't out. Know, is that fictional, Jim? Or is yeah, that... I think it is. Yeah. But uh, Pat wrote that one, so I, you know. <laughs> it sounds to me like, um, I, I think it was just, he was trying to do a character study type thing. Uh, I don't know that there was, I never heard if there was any. Yeah, uh, real, real and uh, how, story behind it. How many, how many ho- hotels have twelve rooms besides the Bates Motel? <laughs> <laughs> no, thirteen. But no, it's. It, I think it's fictional. Yeah, I'm glad you like it though. That's that's really cool. Oh yeah, that's definitely my favorite song. But uh, again, I want to thank you guys for uh, everything you do. Looking forward to the uh, the new CD and the uh, the. The Christmas album being re-released on vinyl. Definitely going to pick that up. But thanks again for all you do, and much appreciated from Texas. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank it you so means much. a lot to us. Thank you. Smithereens.com. Get all the great merch. Get the Lost uh, the lost Album. Josh is in Minnesota on wow. New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Josh. What's going on, gentlemen? Howdy. How's it going? It's going good. It's the first day of autumn. I like that. And it feels like it, too. Yeah. That's kind of depressing, actually, being from Minnesota. Oh, well, sorry about <laughs> I'll that. I'll take it. <laughs> um, but anyways, no, I, I, you know, I, I've been a big fan of yours for, ever since I was a teenager. I've seen you guys uh, Minneapolis and throughout my college years. When I went to the University of Kansas, I saw you guys in Kansas City and met you guys a bunch of times, although you probably don't remember me. <laughs> now I'm 45, so I've, I've grown up a little bit. But uh, I've always been a fan, and uh, I remember way back at, way back in the day um, reading about the date with the Smithereens. You guys were uh, going to make it a double album, so I, obviously this is probably the the last album is probably the other other part of it. Um, but I'm excited. I already uh, went on Amazon. I already purchased my uh, my CD, and I'm getting it hopefully in the next day or two. So yeah. excited about that. My question is. Um, 
after 2011, your album, I understand that you guys were in preparation to make a new uh, a new album as well with with Pat. Did anything ever come of that? Did you guys record any songs or anything like that? And or is is that going to affect maybe the new album that you guys are going to make with Robin and uh, Marshall? Um, no, I don't think any of that stuff uh, was close to uh, to being realized. So, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, it didn't didn't work out. Got but, it. We, but we will be doing a new record next year, so that's something hopefully everybody can look forward to. Yeah, I've definitely been looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who's, who's going to be writing on it? Uh, all you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All of us, and and Robin Wilson and Marshall Crenshaw will be uh, also uh, writing with us. Yeah. Awesome. My only request is that the new album uh, new album cover has that old Smithereens logo on it. Oh, okay. Oh, I love that. I love <laughs> that old logo. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for the nudge. We'll probably do that. You mean the, the logo? Do you mean the logo? The, 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 like, you know, going sideways, you know, like the green thoughts. Yeah, oh. right. And especially for you, right. That, yes, correct. Okay. Yeah. Gotta have that. Okay. No well, questions asked. If, 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 if you'll buy it, we'll do that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll, buy it, uh, I'll, I'll buy a couple of them and give it to my friends. Oh. So there. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. All right, Josh, thanks for calling. Uh, 1-800-283-101.5. Isn't it nice? The audience gives me, they tell you how to do the album, tell you what to write. Beautiful thing. It right? helps sometime, let me tell you. Sure. <laughs> uh, this is Steve Travelese for the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. The new Bet Parks app is everything you want in a digital casino and sportsbook. is the only casino and sportsbook app that I recommend. The Bet Parks app, as you covered for football season, Bet Pro Football Futures, Bet Now on how many games the birds will win this year or whether they make the playoffs. Bet on who has the most passion. Passing and rushing yards. Bet on the Pro Football League champion. Bet Parks is an official betting partner of the PGA Tour. Live in-game betting. You can bet on the action as it happens. Download now on the App Store, Google Play Store, at BetParks.com. New users can make their first bet risk-free up to $750. Your risk-free bet refunded in site credit. The Bet Parks Sportsbook and Casino app is where odds, bets, games, and slots all come together in perfect harmony right in your pocket. Must be 21 in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Game Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Domensky and Doyle. The 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelace. Smithereens in studio. Dennis Dyken on my left. Jim Babjack on my right. The new album, The Lost Album. Uh, made in 1993. Re-released. Comes out. The release comes out tomorrow. Not re-release. The actual release. You could say 30 years in the making. 80% finished. Did you ever give any thought to maybe uh, finishing it now? Uh, you make working on a new album with all the new Smithereens, like Robin and Marshall. Yeah. Uh, well, you mean finishing the or uh, re revisiting the 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 uh, ninety three yeah. tapes? Well, we had a little problem. Oh, you really? see, well, what uh, well, I'll tell you, there was a, a storage facility in Brooklyn that oh, no. took that took up an entire city block. Right. Where we had our tapes and a lot of other people had their material, and it went up in smoke ah. about 10 years ago or something like that. Matter of fact, we were driving on the Jersey Turnpike coming from, uh, I think, Virginia, yeah. and we're playing B.B. King's that that evening. And as we're driving up the turnpike, we, we noticed in the vicinity of Brooklyn all this, this smoke. So, oh, man, it's a big fire. Oh, look at that. So yeah. the mul the multi tracks for the lost album were in there, but fortunately we had a dat. 
Mm-hmm. Remember a dad? Dad, yeah, the little DATs. God. So we had a dad of, of the mixes, and that's that's where we we that's that was the Thank source. God you for had this. that, yeah. Thank yeah. God you had that. See what I did there? Thank oh. God you had that. Yeah, okay. Mike is in Essex County on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Hey, Mike. Hey guys, how are you? Good, Mike. Hey, I'm calling with a, an apology, a very late apology. I hope Jim and, and Dennis forgive me. The story starts on Eastern Avenue in New Brunswick at a record store called Flaming Groovies. Ah, uh-huh, that was at my store, yeah. And Jim used to work there too, right, I think? Yeah, sure, I was there every day. <laughs> I used to buy a lot of records from Jim. Fast forward maybe a year or two later, I become a partner in a club on West 29th Street called The Dive. Uh, you guys remember this uh, beautiful little club? <laughs> How's Voots doing? GB's wannabe. How's Voots doing? <laughs> you guys played there often back then. I remember. Well, Pat became our de facto booking agent. Well, one night you guys, between either between sets or after your last set, take a break, have a couple of beers, and you come back, and unfortunately, your equipment was gone. That's right. Yeah, do you know who took it? <laughs> I felt very. I don't even know if I was there that night. Uh, I was a part-time owner. I was a railroad conductor at Penn Station, right down the street. But I was a Rutgers grad living on campus near Blaine and Groovy. So I got to know Jim. Jim introduced me to Pat and you, Mike. You guys started playing our club, the Dive. And unfortunately, one night you lost all your equipment at the dive. So yeah, that was acapella night, right? <laughs> no, it was after the show. It was my Marshall, the head, my Marshall head, which at the time was five hundred dollars. I think now it's like twenty five hundred dollars for wow. for a head like that. Yeah, I was without an amp for a while. I had to borrow equipment after that. For I think Mike lost some gear too. You guys put that little story on the back of the liner notes on your first or second album. And when I read that, my heart sunk. Oh, did we? I don't remember that. I had the money. I'd reimburse you, but I didn't have the money back then. enough money in the dive. Well, yeah. Well, you got the money now, right? Send the check, Mike. They're here. And I saw you guys at Maple Woodstock about five years ago and came back and chatted up with you guys afterwards, and you guys sound better than ever. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's great. Thanks. Thank you so much. Hey, I remember a fellow that worked... uh, at the dive called Voots. Voots. What happened to him? No, I just cut him off. <laughs> we got, we got. That's what happened to him. We got. He's gone. We got Colby in Maine. What's up, Colby? Hey, good. Uh, not much. How are you? <laughs> All right. Hey. Uh, so first off, just wanted to say, huge fan of you guys. Um, I'm a singer, a guitar player, and a cover band, and they all always have to remind me we're not a Smithereens cover band. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I love playing your stuff. Um, guess my I had a question. Um, I saw you guys back in uh, in Mass. I think in like April, and I know Mike had like shoulder surgery. I'm supposed to come out to Carteret for the show in December. Is he oh. going to be back, or is that yeah. going to be playing? Oh, yep. he's he's back now. He's going to start with us again in Massachusetts uh, in a couple of weeks. It it takes six months to uh, go through therapy for a, a rotator cuff. Uh, uh, oh, and the mix. Uh, operation yeah yeah it was a serious thing so yeah he's good he's doing well all right colby thanks for the call you guys gonna hang for jersey's opening lines sure some cds give out some uh some prizes it'll be right back dennis 
and Judy. Wrapping up the show that asks, what else do we know about New Jersey? Comes Jersey's opening lines. The first thing you hear on weekends when the music comes out to play. Ain't it the truth? The first thing you hear on the weekend, starting tomorrow night, Big Joe's Jersey House Party, special guests for opening lines. We got the smithereens in studio. You can win the Lost Album. We got the CDs right here. We got Dennis Dyken handling the 80s music. We got Jim Babjack handling the 70s music. And uh, all you got to do is call in. We give you the opening line of a song we play every weekend on New Jersey 101.5. You get it right, you get the smithereens. Lost album. You also get four passes to Sesame Place in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. The Count's Halloween Spooktacular is going on now. See how the park transform into a fun Halloween experience for the whole family with Halloween-themed shows, trick-or-treating, and much, much more. For admission deals, hours, and events, you go to SesamePlace.com. Ready, boys? Yep, sure. All right, here we go. Uh, we got to start this off. Now. I explained we have we have a man here who sings Sinatra, keeping the spirit alive. He's eighty six years old, and he still hits the note. You think Jay Black was good? Wait till you hear Raymond in Rockaway, Buenasera. Uh, Buenasera to everybody. Really, uh, I tell you, uh, uh, you know, you have fantastic guests. Really, oh, always we do, especially these guys. I don't know. Anyhow, uh, hope everybody's in good health and kicking. All right. What are we singing tonight? Johnny Mathis. Oh, okay. Right. Johnny Mathis. Do you know Johnny Mathis? Uh, only the second album. Not not, pers- oh. not personally, but yes, of course, we love his music, yeah. Oh. All righty. Here we go. Chances are... Cause I wear a silly grin The moment you come into view Chances are you think I am in love with you Just because My composure's sort of lips The moment that your lips meet mine Chances are you think my heart's your valentine in the magic of moonlight when i sigh hold me close dear chances are you believe the stars that fill the skies are in my eyes guess you feel you'll always be the one and only one for me. And if you think you could, well, chances are your chances are awfully good. The chances are your chances are awfully good. All right, Raymond, that was great. Uh, music, music keeps you young, doesn't it? Amazing! I, yes. I think I think you should be uh, on December third with you guys, Raymond. I, I have, you know, the CDs, uh, thirty-three records. Oh my God! I'm going back in the fifties. Oh yeah! Hi, right, Raymond. I love. What's I your love category? Made them. 
tonight I'll sing seventies. Um, seventies. Okay. Jimmy, give me that seventies. Okay. Um, here's the lyric, uh, and I, and I, and I have to try not to sing it. <laughs> it's uh, come out Virginia. Don't let them wait. Come on, Virginia. Come out. Come Vir- out, Virginia. Virginia. Come out to Virginia. Don't let them wait. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. Take a break. Ah, oh, I'm a loser. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm a loser. So close and yet so far. In the words of Frankie Valley. So we don't we don't say what it is. We don't say what it is, no. Okay. Because I can't do it anymore. Oh, okay. We roll it over till next week. <laughs> okay. So when I want to come out with the book, here's the answers. That's how I'm gonna sell it. That's the trivia as well. Ron is in Langhorn on New Jersey one oh one point five. Hey Ron. Hey, how you doing, Steve? How you doing, Smithereens? You're one of my all time favorite bands and uh and I, I um also love Raymond. He was great too. I love all you guys and uh, I have a request. I, I wanna try to win these Sesame Place tickets because I live right around the corner from Sesame Place and I wanna right. go to the Freight Fest at night. Right. Some friends that get scared over there for a little while. Right. <laughs> Uh, I I was wondering if if you is it possible to let me just say a lyric from a Smithereen song, and uh, could I win that way? Is it possible for you to say a lyric from a Smithereen song? I got yeah. a better idea. How about we have the Smithereens give you a lyric from one of their songs, and if you know it, I was going to try to say the favorite one of mine. What's that? I'll do anything you want me to just to win the love of a girl like you. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Isn't it nice they bring their own lyrics? They bring they bring your lyrics to the table. I that, love right? when people are singing along. It makes me feel so good. How about that? You guys having written the songs, what is that? That must be such a rush. It is. To see people spit back what you guys created. It's almost like an out of body experience in a way like oh yeah that's we're up there playing and we know it's us playing but still when you see that audience moving and grooving having a great time it's like and oh wow yeah that's the records we made then we're playing now that about that yeah it's 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 pretty i like it's almost hard to to conceive that that's it's it's an out of body kind of thing how about guy calls up talking about how he's covering yours your stuff mm-hmm. guy colby he's covering you yeah but when you guys were at the carteret performing arts center last december and you could see all your friends were there everybody yeah. grew up with you talking about Kleins. i mean what did that feel like well, it was like opening that place of all places it was like a mini high school reunion in yeah. a way and like i said before that that uh, it's kind of hallowed ground for us, really. That block and and Carteret in general. I, we still have. We, Could you ever see yourself doing that back in '75 when you came out of school? Well, maybe not that someday uh, specific, but I think we all knew that we were gonna go the distance, and we were eventually we're, we weren't gonna stop until we got somewhere with our career. I don't know that we thought we'd play on that block. That uh, that's got to be that's the pretty rush, out there, though, right? It's pretty of cool. all the places you played. Yeah, ultimate rush. Yeah, let's go to uh, Lisa's in Westfield on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Hey, Lisa. Good evening, Steve Aru. What's happening, kiddo? What's happening? Hello, Smithereens. Hello. Hi there. 
Favorite favorite group. Uh, Thank you. Thank uh, you. In uh, Nomahegan Park in Cranford, and when you guys played a long time ago in Maplewood um, at the field there. Oh, with Chuck Berry. With Chuck Berry. You played with Chuck Berry? Wait, was that the same show? No, maybe not. But yeah, I remember Maple Maplewood Stock, right? Yes. That was a while ago. But yep. Walked right. over there from Springfield just to see you guys. <laughs> oh, cool. You walked? You, walked. How, how long a distance is that to walk? I don't know, like close to five miles, but I was doing a dog? exercise anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a dog then. You didn't bring the dog. Okay. I well, still don't have a dog. I thought you had a dog. I pets it. Oh, you pets it? I'm, Oh, I'm the somebody aunt, else's dog. Aunt Lisa pet nanny. Yeah, I bring other people's dogs. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. What's your category, kiddo? Let's try the 80s, please. All right. All right. That would be you, Dennis. All right, here we go. I, right. I found a picture of you, O-O-O-O. <laughs> Did you say O-O-O-O? I said O-O. I love the way you say that. Yeah. I found a picture. Do you want me to repeat that? I know the song. Oh, what's the song? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I found a picture of you. It was <laughs> yeah. the happiest days of my life. Yeah. Uh, um, wow, it's kind of hard to... Really? Think... Uh, uh, boy. Keep going. You can do this, Lisa. Picture of you. Happiest days of my life. <sighs> <laughs> Some nights my my brain doesn't is not so sharp. Uh-huh. But it's one of them. Oh, yeah. now, I know this song. I just can't. I don't know the title. Oh, Lisa. Sorry. All right, we'll try again I'm next week. So close. It's so far. It's I'm so far. A loser. All right. Don't go anywhere. We got two open slots. One 1015 Jersey's opening line. Special guest to Smithereens. His fast traffic. $30,000 on the New Jersey 101.5. Uh, listen, weekdays from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. for the Jersey Cash Code and enter it on our free app every hour. On the hour, there's a new code, a new chance to win $30,000. Info and rules on NJ1015.com. The $30,000 Jersey Cash Code contest on New Jersey 101.5. I do that in my best Dr. Evil. $30,000. All right. Jersey's opening lines, Dennis Dyken of the Smithereens has the 80s. The new album, the Lost Album, is released tomorrow. Jim Babjack has the 70s. And uh, we're going to go to Matt in Brick on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Matt. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, you know, living the dream. (laughs) This is the dream. (laughs) Have you said hello to the Smithereens? Hello, Smithereens. How are you tonight? Good, Matt. How are you? Great. All right, Matt. You've been studying all week, right? Uh, all weekend, listening to Big Joe Henry. Yeah, you drive around, listening to Big Joe, writing down all the opening lines so that when Thursday night comes, you'll be able to win these Sesame Place tickets, right? I, I hope so. And the Smithereens Lost Album CD. I'll be, uh, does my, I don't even know if my car has a CD player. Who uses it? <laughs> That's okay. We will get it to you. What is your category? 70s or 80s? 80s, please, sir. All right, Dennis. Okay, here we go. Listen carefully. Now, the king told the boogeymen, you have to let that raga drop. 
Uh, rock the Casbah. Hey, hey, look at that. And they said Matt would never get that. All right, let's go to uh, Rick is in Mount Laurel on New Jersey 101.5. What's up, Rick? Hey, how's it going, guys? Great show tonight. Thank you, pal. Did you have a good day today? It was good, yeah. Uh, worked and came home just to relax. It was a good day. What's the best thing that happened to you today? Um, well, I'm off to, off work tomorrow, so I was looking forward to that. All right, that's good. You got any plans? Yeah, we're going to see Firefly. Firefly. All right, cool. All right. What is your category, Rick? Um, 80s. All right, Dennis. Okay. Listen very carefully. She was a fast machine. She kept her motor clean. Rick. That's going to be... Uh, you shook me all night long. Yes. Look at this. Look at this. What is to the left of me? What is to the right of me? one 1015 Jersey's opening lines. We give you the opening line of a song we play every weekend on New Jersey 101.5. When the music comes out to play, you get it right. You're going to get four passes to Sesame Place in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. The Count's Halloween spooktacular is going on right now. See how the park transforms into a fun Halloween experience for the whole family with Halloween-themed shows, trick-or-treating, and much more. For admission deals, hours, and events, Go to SesamePlace.com. We also have the new Smithereen CD, The Lost Album, which is released tomorrow. You can get it while it's hot. Let's go to uh, Donna is in Brick on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Donna. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm okay. What's early yet, Donna? I'm sorry? I said it's early yet. You'll be better. Yeah. You say, I'm okay. What's the matter? Not that I work early. Oh, okay. What's the best thing happened to you today? Um, I don't. I went to back to school night. That was kind of fun. Okay, that's good. Yeah. All right. What's your category? Let's go with eighties. <laughs> Poor Jim. I feel like we're on a streak here, right? <laughs> okay. Right. Please listen very carefully. Young teacher, the subject. Well, I know that one. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I know. Young teacher, the subject. Um, don't, don't stand close to me. You got hey, it. Hey, look at this. Boy, I'm telling you, you are, you are a fast machine of winning lyrics. Uh, <laughs> well, that was the ACDC. That was the ACDC, yeah. yeah, right? Let's go to, uh, and with nowhere else to go, Andrew in Flemington. Hi, Andrew. Hello, Steve, my secondary antidepressants in the smithereens. Do you guys know Les Paul, his favorite, favorite uh, one of his quotes was that his, his guitar was a psychiatrist? I did not know that. His guitar was a psychiatrist? Yeah, apparently Les Paul said that in an interview. Hmm. I never knew that. Check it out, man. I got a joke for you, brother. I got a Bob Dylan song, world premiere. Okay. It's Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Can you imagine Bob Dylan saying it? You wouldn't be able to understand a word he said. Okay. Sometime in a business town, the first he could take his own, he could happy life just for covering it All right, Andrew. That was... <laughs> Andrew, what, 
45. 80s. 80s. All right. You again. Oh, <laughs> and okay. this is the best thing that happened to me today. What is the best thing to happen to you today, Andrew? Right here, right now. Yeah, this. Oh, wow. There you go, oh, man. Yeah. Well, that's nice that's to hear. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, <If he> wins. <laughs> moving forward, using all my breath. Oh, I know. Andrew? Andrew? I think we lost him. I think he lost his breath. I think he lost He was moving forward. Alright, 1-800-283-101.5. Jersey's opening lines. We got a couple of slots open. Jump on now. We give you the opening line of a song we play every weekend on New Jersey 101.5. When the music comes out to play, get it right. You will get the Smithereens Lost Album, which uh, was done in 1993. It will be released tomorrow. You could be the first kid on your block to have one. It is 1030. Point five one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Jersey's opening lines. We give you the opening line of a song we play every weekend on New Jersey one hundred one point five. When the music comes out to play, you get it right. You're going to get the Smithereens' new album, the Lost album, which uh, was done in 1993 and will be released tomorrow. And you could be the first kid on your block to have one. Smithereens here in the studio. Dennis Dyken, Jim Babjack, and uh, also we have. Uh, Four passes to Sesame Place in Langhorne, Pennsylvania for the Halloween Spooktacular. Uh, Barry is in South Plainfield on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Barry. Hey, how you doing? That was a great interview, guys. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Thank you very much. It's on demand at nj1015.com. Oh, uh, okay. There'll be a quiz on it. There you go. All right, pal. You have a good day? Yeah, not bad. What'd you do today? What's the best thing happened to you? Yeah, I uh, worked with my uh, my uh, loud crowd. You worked uh, with okay. your loud crowd? Okay, sorry. Loud crowd is uh, Parkinson's uh, group that uh, practices uh, speaking out with intent. How about that? Okay, great, excellent. All right, now what is your category, Barry? Okay, I think, what, it's uh, 70s, 80s, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, how about 70s? Yes. All right, there he is, <laughs> Jim Babjack. I'm back. He's back, baby. I was going to say, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the lyric. Uh, it's, it's a tongue twister, and that's why I picked it, to see if I could say it. <laughs> Gold Coast slave ship bound for cotton fields. Oh, jeez. Gold Coast slave ship bound for cotton fields. I thought oh. I thought it was... <laughs> oh, man. And and they play this every Sunday, you say, right? They do. Okay. On Sundays? Or No, on, when, when, on the weekends? Oh, on the weekends. When, no, the, this, when the music comes out to play. Yeah, this is oh, when yeah, you guys yeah. play on oh, the yeah. station. Oh, One okay. of them. He's like trying to he's scrolling and googling. Where's Joe Henry? Where's Where's Joe Henry? <laughs> Barry. Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> working on it. Take your time, Barry. We have nothing else to do. Do Barry. people actually Google these things? Why? Nah, they would never Google these things. That would be dishonest, Jim. Would it? <laughs> My audience is completely above boards. Isn't that right, Barry? 
Yes, that's true. Cold <laughs> coast. <laughs> but I can't. Barry? Uh, yeah. You know what I got to do now, right? Yeah, I know. I'm a oh, man. Oh, I'm Barry. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't gotten it by now, Barry. I'm a loser. All right. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. Now, here we go. We have an open board. If you call in, we can get you on right now. And just to make your life easy, we will give you the easiest songs ever made, like the ones we play on the weekends. 40, 50 years old, and at your disposal. You could find yourself with the new Lost Album from the Smithereens, recorded in 1993, released tomorrow. And uh, the single, Out of This World, and some of the other things that are happening now, they're reissuing the Christmas album, Christmas with the Smithereens, on vinyl this fall. Perfect for the stocking stuffer. And uh, also, Jim's got the uh, Christmas single. He's going to be issuing It's Love on Christmas Day, which he issued last year, and it was so good. He's going to reissue it. Right. That was great, too. <laughs> I remember when you came on last year. And uh, also, December 3rd, you got to see the smithereens anywhere. You guys do put extra into the Carteret Performing Arts and Events Center. 100%. That's the hometown. Yeah, 100%. That's the home show. Yeah, man. Cheryl is in Philadelphia, New Jersey, 101.5. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, it's Cheryl, baby. How Cheryl, you how you doing? Good. How you doing, baby? I haven't talked to you in a, a long time. I know. Where you been? I've been all over, baby. Yeah. How have? you been? I've been good. Thank I've been you. good. Your summer going good? Everything is going good. Say hello to the smithereens, Cheryl. Hello, smithereens. Hey, Sherelle. Hi. Sherelle's back. How you doing, baby? Good. I like you. You you got good energy. I like you. I got lots of energy. Mr. Steve, I've been calling in the radio for a couple years now. Mr. Steve, I'm going to get on the show with him one day. I'm sure we'll be the co-host. All right. It's going to be the Sherelle and Steve show. You just got to call me. I'll be on there in a minute. You don't have to pay me. (laughs) You got it. They'll they'll love you here. Are you kidding? (laughs) I'll give you a raise. All the people on the radio, that man asked me my age when I called in. And I said, you don't ask an old lady her age. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, all you got to know, I'm on Social Security. You are. That'll tell you my age, honey. Yeah. I got a pension. There you go. All right. You want a, you want a song? You want a 70s or 80s, Chevelle? Oh, I like the 70s, Mr. Steve. All right, Mr. Babjack. Okay, here's one. It's Give me an easy one now, baby. The, I'm an old lady. I, I don't think this can get any easier. Here's the lyric. One way or another, I'm going to find you. I'm going to get you, get you, get you, get you. Oh, you got it. You know what? (laughs) You got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. You guys played with Blondie, didn't you? Yeah, we have. We've done a number of shows with them, Mm -hmm. including in New Brunswick at the State Theater. I think I was at that show. That Was that like later on when when the Maria was the big hit, like in the 90s? No, it was more recent than that. Yeah, recent, like in the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then we played with them in California recently too, uh, at, at uh, the L.A. Uh, that uh, fairgrounds, remember? Yeah, where they filmed that thing you do. Oh, is that? Oh, what yeah. Like? Remember, I, I recognized it. I said, "This looks like the set where they mm. played," and it was. <laughs> it was the fairgrounds. I love that movie. Yeah, that was Great. an incredible movie. Yeah. Let's go to Mike on the Parkway on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Hi, Mike. Hey, how you doing, Steve? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, Jimmy Dennis, it's Blip. Hey, Blip. 
I just I saw you twice in the past month <laughs> at, at the Jim Blossom show and at, and at our show in Clark. Oh, I missed you at the yeah. Clark show. Yeah, I was just uh, driving back from my local Elks Lodge after a dark night, and I knew Jimmy and Dennis were there, so I figured I'd give it a call. All right. There you go. Uh, Blip is an old high school friend of ours. Oh, yeah? He's no stranger to Carteret. You got the stories to tell me. Oh, yeah. All oh, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's what he says. Uh -huh. I got him. That's it. All right, you want seventies or eighties? I'll take seventies. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared, so I'm looking at the sheet. All right. Once I had a love, and it was a gas. There's a theme going on here. I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a coincidence, though. Oh, wow. That one I don't know. I can't believe it. You don't know that? Once, once I had a love, and it was a gas. Oh. Uh, yeah, I knew the last one was brown sugar. Oh, <laughs> uh, but not this one. Nope. Oh, uh, uh, sorry, I'm man. I'm a loser. <laughs> I'm a loser. All right, we'll be right back. Jersey Radio. Steve Trevelis. Dennis Dykin, Jim Babjack, the Smithereens, right here in the studio. The Lost Album is released tomorrow. We've got CDs that we're giving out for winners of Jersey's opening lines. And along with that, we got four passes to Sesame Place in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. The Count's Halloween Spectacular is going on now. See how the park transforms into a fun Halloween experience for the whole family. With Halloween-themed shows, trick-or-treating, much more for admission deals, hours, and events, go to SesamePlace.com, Smithereens.com. You want that good Smithereens merchandise. Well, OfficialSmithereens.com. OfficialSmithereens.com. Yeah. No cheap substitutes. I think somebody else has the Smithereens.com. They did that just to bust your back. Yeah, right? yeah, that, that happens. Just to break your stones. Yeah. Uh, Coop is in Perth Amboy on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Coop. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. All right, Coop. You feeling good? You feeling it tonight, Coop? You know, I've been on two times before with Mr. Badjack and lost twice. Oh. Oh. He's following you on, on Jersey's opening uh -oh. lines. <laughs> you have responsibility now. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm so, so you're going to take Dennis and do the 80s, or are you going to go stick with Jim? I'm going to stick with Jim for one last time. <laughs> one last time. Don't feel any pressure now. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's one. Uh... It's the 70s, I guess, right? So, um, li like the weather. <laughs> All right, here's the lyric. Some people call me the space cowboy, yeah. Oh, Coop. Coop. Come on, man. It's Steve Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Joker. Yeah, you He's got speaking it. of the puppetess right. of love, of course. <laughs> All right, 1-800-283-101.5. Jump on. we got like two minutes left. This is your chance to jump in and get some stuff. So uh, you guys are working on a new album with Marshall and Robin mm -hmm. and all? Next year we'll be doing it, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it how, how, how different is it? Oh, like, we don't know yet. No, no, I mean like we're <laughs> right, right? Uh, well, you're riding together, right? Yeah. But how different is it working with those guys than it was working with Pat? Oh, in terms of the live show? Um well, I don't know. 
I mean, it's. Uh, it, I, I'm trying to think. Because we're just doing the same thing we were doing. That's before. true. Somebody else is over there singing, and that's it, right? It, it, it's it's very different, actually, because yeah, it's a imagine. different different soul up there, you know. Uh, and two different type of personalities. Yeah, you know, each time when you do it, 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 may, it makes it fresh for us. That's for sure. Well, what I guess we were lucky in that um, when they came on board, it just worked and it clicked. So it just uh, made for a different kind of uh, <laughs> uh, experience after you lose somebody. You know, it, it, we. It was only a month after Pat passed that we did the memorial show in Red Bank, and uh, it was at that... Everybody came out for that. Yeah, it was wow. a very, very special night. And that was the night that Robin and Marshall sang with us, in addition to other uh, performers. But it clicked, and it it made the trans... Being that it was so close, only a month after Pat passed, it, it made it the transition and the mourning uh, experience a lot different Uh I mean, we'll never replace Pat. That was never the intent. It was, no. uh, but we were fortunate that we have these great singers that can interpret the music and uh, make it their own, yet it's still the essence of the smithereens with the three of us playing. And you say make it their own. You know, they've done that. Like, yeah. I see you guys live, and, you know, they're, they're rejuvenated, not rejuvenated, but you could just see, you know, the excitement in what they're doing. Now, when you do the new album, it's going to be different because it's, it's going to have a different feel to it. You know, you guys oh, sure. are going in a different direction. But, of course, it's still the three of us playing on it, and uh, it's still the sound and the essence of the band. But, of course, it will be different, yeah. It's... Uh it's interesting how some bands just evolve, like Fleetwood Mac. How many different incarnations did they have, right? Did you see Get Back? Yes. All right. Do you remember when Lennon is talking about adding Billy Preston? Mm -hmm. Why yeah. don't we add Eric Clapton? Could you imagine that? You know, yeah. You know, because bands change all the time, and there are always, you know, different people joining different bands. And just the idea of expanding. And when you're talking about, you know, what you were saying, absolutely. On the money, Why and we not? couldn't, we could not do it if our fans were not so as supportive as they are and loyal as you they guys are. are beloved. I mean, well, you know that. Yeah, we do, and and uh, we we really uh, keep going because our fans keep coming. That's the only we can't do it without them. You yeah. know, and uh, we got another fan that just came here. David is in Tom's River. David, bring us home. What's your category? Seventies. All right, Jim Babjack. Uh oh, I'm yes. up again. All right. Yeah, it's all yeah. Go ahead. I you know, I seen you guys at Kenny's Castaways when you were doing uh, when you had all record companies there to promote a new uh, album or a new um, label or something like that. Oh, that was probably oh, you guys are awesome. That was probably ninety four yeah. thereabouts. Yep. Yeah. 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 What? Yeah, that's about it. Ninety four. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, we they were always so supportive of us, and and we would uh, go back there and 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 uh, try new material out, kind of like unannounced. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I was I was there that night. One night, yeah, it was unannounced. I didn't say Smithereens yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, thank you. So now you gotta give it an easy one. Here's uh, okay. The <laughs> lyric is um, stuck inside these four walls. Oh God! Wait a minute. Stuck Dave. inside these four walls. Yeah, I wish I could sing it for you. But... <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, you'd get it right away. Dave. Stuck inside these four walls. 
<laughs> Close. You're on the right track. <laughs> I'm saying Billy Joel, but I don't know what it is. I'm just going to guess Billy Joel. Uh, Sorry about that. This will be the song will be in your head all night long. Now he's, now he's going to look it up. Yeah, <laughs> right. There's a quarterback. Damn. I that. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, it was so much fun. Steve, thanks for always being there for us. Thanks, and thanks to your listeners who uh, we really appreciate their support. Absolutely. December 3rd, it's going to be Smithereens at the Carteret Performing Arts and Event Center, reissuing the uh, Christmas album, uh, Christmas with the Smithereens on vinyl, Jim Babjack, It's Love on Christmas Day, and the Lost Album, the Smithereens Lost Album from 1993, released tomorrow. Guys, till we meet again, nothing but the best. Thank you, Steve. All right. On your radio, online. This has been the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.